0: You didn't hear it right now, but someone just said, this is marvelous, and I'm going to go ahead and agree with them and say, welcome. If this is your first appearance, if this is your first time attending, this is Mad Love, a Harley Quinn cast. And before I can say anything else, I have to warn you, if you're too young to watch the show, guess what? You're too young to listen to this episode or the prior episodes. I highly encourage you to check out, well, all of our other shows, like The Weekly Podcast, I Am The Night, Spinner Rack, anything else that doesn't deal with the adult content we're about to get into right now. If you are of the appropriate age and you found yourself, well, dribbling and babbling about each episode, you've come to the right place. This is Mad Love, a Harley Quinn cast. I am joined by a cadre of cohorts, a, well, dangerous group of people. When they get a chance to really speak their minds, I'd like to go ahead and give them a chance to say hello for themselves. We're going to start out with Mr. Brad. Brad, how are you today, sir? I'm doing okay. How are you guys doing? Holding in, hanging on. I've got my allergy voice going, but according to Steve, I've still got some sultry. So I'm going to <laughs> stay where I can on the smooth. Sultry. sultry. And go ahead and turn things next to say hi, Kendra. How are you today?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: You know, trying to keep the voice in there. Thank you. Glad to have you back on with us. And we have a new personality, a proclaimed fan of, well, I'll let her describe her own caliber of it, of Miss Harley Quinn. We have Miss Shayna Lucas. Shayna, how are you?
2: Proclaimed. Oh, that's how we're going to go with it.
0: Well, um, I want to give you the opportunity. To make it, you know, to, to own it in all the ways you want. And for me to say, like, hey, this is what she is. Well, that's just wrong of me. But I know that you know what you are. And I want you to have that chance to say it.
2: That's true. I will make it my bitch.
0: <laughs> and that, my friends, is only the beginning. Because then you have our good friend, Mr. Steve J. Ray. You know him on Twitter as El Steve-O. You've heard his dark night mysterious nature. Steve, how are you today, sir?
3: Do not feed the animals. They are dangaroos. I mean, sorry, dangerous. Hi, good evening. Love you all.
0: (laughs) And with that, I'm your host, Seth Singleton. Happy to jump in with you today. We're going to start things off with our episode today. Episode number five, an introspective to Miss Harley Quinn. I'm going to start out with really first everyone's initial thoughts because there's always that thing everyone's taking away from each episode and I feel that that's a great way for us to roll right into how the theme sort of builds or works with what you know our takeaways. Brad I'm going to start with you. What was your uh, sort of takeaway initial you know response to this episode and this idea as we travel into Harley Quinn's brain? My
4: initial response was this is the episode where i feel like they became a team uh in ways they had before i was feeling some kind of teamwork here as they all pulled together to try to save harley so that was kind of
0: my uh, one of my big takeaways was just the teamwork aspect of it teamwork all right i find the teamwork that these guys display while it, it does eventually work it's it's uh it's a bit chaotic on the way there Kendra, how about you? Initial thoughts, takeaways from episode number five when we go into Harley's brain?
1: I, I honestly like this one because I think that this is the defining episode for Harley. I mean, the the whole thing is, you know, who are you? And And that's all it takes to kind of to set her off and to get to see her find that definition of who she is in that moment. That was the big takeaway from this episode for me.
0: And I think it gets to something really crazy, which is the idea of, you know, who is Harley? She's, you know, she's got a personality that's been pushed down, pushed around, molded and reshaped by a mind as diabolical as Joker. Who is she afterwards? Who is she now? What are we learning about her? Shayna, I want to give you a chance to chime in next. What was your take from this one? Was there an initial response or a big takeaway that you were just like, wow, with this episode, I knew, bam.
2: My first response going through it, I'm like, whoa, What is going on here? <laughs> what the hell is happening? And I'm like, ah, oh, now I get it. And I'm like, this is deep. I'm like, we're really going into her mind right now. And I just love how things that I do myself, she manipulated her own memories. And I'm like, yep, I understand you, girl. Right there. I get it. <laughs>
0: I I can honestly say there have been times where I may have chosen to remember things a certain way and it worked best for me at that time and I was okay with it. I don't know if I was able to stay okay with it, but Shane, I, I like that. I i agree that I think if we all take a deep enough look, that's probably something we all do. And you know, it fucked up as it is, it's a coping mechanism. It's a way of trying to like deal with what's happening and in the moment or that we remember that that isn't pleasant and we want to make it something else so you know we can deal with that steve how about you my friend what, what was your you know initial take or final takeaway or lasting moment from this
3: i just love the way that the harley quinn animated series is a show that's populated by characters almost as fucked up as we are and <laughs> my main takeaway was okay who broke harley well this is where we get deep again as brad and i keep saying that this program is so deep considering how messed up it is harley broke harley and that is just awesome that's my main takeaway what about you seth meister
0: you know for me it was that idea of okay now we finally get a chance to go and see where things got all fucked up you know like uh it's fact it's one of the reasons i've been digging other stuff like criminal sanity uh other books that have taken a look at who harley was before and then what was that moment you know what i mean like When did it all snap? And I remember seeing in sitcoms and all this stuff growing up, there's always the the character who's, like, strident and surrounded by fuck-ups, but still, like, getting shit done and and can handle anybody. And then, just like any human being, eventually that shit's all going to break. Like, it's all just going to fucking fall apart. It's just a question of how it happens. In Harley's case, it was the most fucked-up way. You know, you, you... There's nothing more tragic than realizing that you're your own worst nightmare. You know what I mean? That you'll actually do shit that you know is wrong. I mean, you know, Kelly's mentioned it a few times that she's been that friend helping out a friend who is in a really bad situation. Well, I can honestly say for me, I've been that guy who is just like not that good person at that time in my life or really just kind of an ass um and making a mess of things and just sort of like man um when it comes right down to it i'm the guy doing all the fucking up like (laughs) but you don't want to you don't want to face that right away and uh as we sort of go into this episode it's pretty clear early that we have some things that are going to prevent us from getting to the truth right away um i love the idea that we've got this mini version of miss harley who seems to be the defense mechanism for the brain. And even though Psycho warns everybody, don't touch anything, <laughs> whatever you do, still we we get a chance to see when this defense mechanism comes into play and, and how it sort of you know spins this episode forward already from the dangerous part of we went inside Harley's brain. And if anyone wants to talk a little bit about why we're going into Harley's brain. I'm not going to hold off on that, but I know the subject matter here is once we get inside. Brad, what do you think of Miss Minnie Harley and the way uh, Harley's brain sort of gives that you know, defense? Uh, you know, I, I, th- I think if you went into a lot
4: of our heads, it would be defended by us as children uh, trying to deal with childhood trauma that we didn't necessarily know uh, that we had even experienced to the level that that little inner child does so uh, you don't be surprised if it grows teeth and comes after you
0: I'm going to agree with you on that uh, <laughs> um, now of course you know there, there's more to be said about this but you know Kendra what did you think about the uh, mini Harley? Was there a uh, surprise factor for you, fear factor, creepy factor? Or did, you know, like Brad, it just makes sense. Like, hey, you're going to have a defensive side that comes out, and it's going to go ahead and show you some stuff.
1: Right. I mean, I I really liked that they brought about the little, like, 12. I think it, it, we're just going to call it a tween, because I can't remember exactly what the age is that she says.
0: <laughs> the tween, but, I like it. <laughs>
1: But I, I do. I, I love the it's almost like when you're going in there, you're seeing the Silent Hill version of Harley's mind, and these would be like the pyramid head coming to to protect her from anything happening. And of course it's because she herself, Harley, gets smashy smashy inside her own mind that triggers it. But I mean this was this was a good thing that they did. I mean, why wouldn't your your more, I guess, not necessarily in her case, innocent self. <laughs> but <laughs> why wouldn't that be the thing that that jumps to to your defense? What do you think, Sh- Shana?
2: See, mine wouldn't be a ch- child. Mine would be my teenage self, because my teenage self could whoop some ass.
3: I um, believe I that have so much. <laughs>
0: I believe it. I believe it. I, I think there are a few things more dangerous than our either preteen, teen or late teen selves, depending on whenever your most, you know, malicious side was coming out. Um, I, I like that idea that we're seeing the, you know, consideration like, sure, this is more and more like who the rest of us might be. <laughs> Steve, how about you? Ben?
3: It's great that it's child Harley, because we all know it, that In horror movies, there's little that's more terrifying than the possessed child or the evil child. And it's not just that. In this episode, we see the possessed child as aliens, as um, zombies, (laughs) as mad um, Siamese twins and every kind of horror trope imaginable. And it's just brilliant and she's so sweet and innocent and this poor old king shark the sweetest and innocent member of the team who goes to comfort her and gets whooped <laughs> around like the hulk does to poor old loki in the first Avengers movie and it's absolutely classic that creased me up and it was both terrifying and hilarious it's, it's another one of the reasons I just love this crazy show so much what about you Seth?
0: Well I what I love about all of this for me was was the fact that, you know, last episode, we, you know, previously there's this idea of other episodes. There's been this idea of the the nemesis, you know, like who are you fighting against? And Harley's been fighting against Joker. She was looking for, you know, somebody to go up against as far as like, you know, who's going to be her you know arch rival. And we're learning that it's herself. But also we get a chance to see that this tween has a uh, <clears throat> a, a nemesis of her own. She's got a, a kryptonite. There's there's one thing that can sort of keep her from going rampant. There's one thing she becomes very obsessed about. It happens to be a teen heartthrob. Um, you might have recognized him from, you know, some different sitcom programming, perhaps in the, I don't know, what was he, mid-90s, 2000s? Somebody help me out. But Frankie Munoz is the... the uh, kryptonite right and i, I kind of love the idea that there's that fantasy that goes with tween harley and frankie and and how she has to turn around and rely on clayface to take on that personality and and run around and save them as as young frankie watching the many harley tweens chase after what did you think about this sort of weird tween sexual twist that they threw in as to being the how do we defeat the the, the tween <laughs> brad I love that it was
4: kind of explained as like a good part of her mind trying to pull everybody else through. And I think the idea, again, I think it's just an idea that makes sense that it would be like, you know, your your first crush or your first celebrity crush. Especially is if there's a lot of inner child demons that you're fighting with. I think that makes uh, complete sense. And I think that we can all probably name a celebrity that if it was us that that would be the case uh to me it would probably be leah thompson from like uh
3: the back to the future
4: you know that, that, that would be mine i'm not sure about y'all but that would be mine
0: <laughs> <laughs> i like that brad maybe everyone else should go ahead and just you know go ahead and share who was your object of obsession affection uh desire kendra did you do you have one you'd like to name? And sure. what would you Why think not? of uh, Harvey's? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why not? Mine, um, Mine's going to be, I can't remember his name. He plays Gibbs, or not Gibbs. Uh, he plays on NCIS, but I know him as Zachary Binks from H- Hocus Pocus. And I can't <laughs> make his name off the top of my head, but I adored him in that. Um, but, I mean, Frankie Muniz came in, and I want to know what the call for him to come in and play this sounded like. Because you have to be like, oh, well, we're doing this episode. And in this episode, you're the affection of, of love for a tween who looks like something out of a horror movie. And we just need you for a few lines. Would you be willing to do it? But, I mean, that was that was another attention to detail that this show is so fantastic for. Because they actually brought in Frankie Muniz <laughs> to do his own voice when Clayface is playing him. And it was absolutely wonderful. Just the little hints of him throughout the episode really made it so enjoyable especially when he was like consoling harley at the end of it it's just little bitty touches that were absolutely perfect so i love what they did with him in this shana what did you think
2: i just died when i heard (laughs) heard frankie munich's voice i'm like i'm done this episode's gold i'm good i'm cool but i thought i thought it was really neat like that was the most interesting part of the episode. I'm like, what the hell is happening? What is going on here? Why is it? Um I'm like because she's obsessed with all right, all right I get it now. cool.
0: And do you have an obsession you admit to from that you know teen tween period in your life that you're willing to say publicly you know since why why can there be any shame on this show right?
2: Oh hell yeah Still <laughs> Day. I want Jack Nicholson to be my husband to this day.
3: Nice. Okay. Magic.
0: I like it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, Steve, you're, you're next up, my friend. I'm, I'm curious. What do you, you know, what did you think of Harley tween's obsession with Mr. Frankie, his appearance on the show? And do you have a teenage obsession you're willing to tell us about?
3: Well, first of all, I have to thank Kendra um for her review of this episode because in the uk as you'd imagine we have some shows that make it over and some shows that don't so i had no idea who frankie was to me he was like okay what so i did a bit of research and i learned that he was a teen heartthrob and that just made the whole episode make sense even more. (laughs) i just thought he was a made-up dc comics character and i thought hang on i know a fair bit about dc and i've never heard of this dude so thank you for kendra for that Um, So his appearance was fantastic and real because, yes, we've all had teenage crushes. I had a couple, one you've probably never heard of, which is an actress called Liz Sladen and her character Sarah Jane Smith in the old Doctor Who series back in the 70s. But the other one, and come on, you saw this coming, Linda (laughs) Carter, Wonder Woman. Hell yeah. (laughs) What about you, sir? Wow, you
0: know, actually as as I hear each person naming one off, it triggers another memory for me of so I was kind of a teenage slut, I guess, um because there was rarely just one. I think all uh, us men
3: are, we all are. I we we really
0: are. In our minds we're like, you know, gods and princes, but you know, we we go back to that episode when we were talking and everybody wants to be swamp thing and and or all guys think they're swamp thing in reality they're just frank the plant. So We've, you know, kind of established that. But yeah, I remember, I think my first like film, you know, show crush was I was a kid and I was totally in love with uh, the princess from The NeverEnding Story. I swear I was in like the second grade and I was like, oh Oh, my God, exactly. I like, yeah, yeah. I I was done, you know, and then after that, (laughs) Brad, are you, are you with me on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I'm not I mean, going to get so- started on the Princess Slayer in the gold bikini from Return of the Jedi. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm pretty sure that's the first time I suddenly realized, like, things happen below the belt and it's in response to what I see. Because, yeah, that, that pretty much, you know, also did me. And saw that in a drive-in and just sort of went like, oh my God, why are my family around me right now in this moment? Why won't you just... <sighs> So, you know, does she wear that in other movies? Can I see? I Yeah, I, I was I was pretty much done at that point. And that, that pretty much ruined me. And then along the way, I mean, yeah, dude, like Linda Carter, there was something about her eyes totally just sucked me in. Probably the same thing about The Princess from NeverEnding Story. Um, and then, um, yeah, there were a few along the way that I'm not afraid of. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I was happy to be like, wow, oh, my God we're we're like close to the same age this is
2: yes we'll this is, yes
0: really yeah yeah so i mean there was just something i don't know a girl who you know smart funny kicks ass and doesn't re- Ah, yeah that was lovely. so yeah man I, I i had more than a few clearly i was uh you know i'm the kind of guy who likes to run around at, at least i did as a teenager in my own fantasies i was with everyone I could be with. And I wanted them all. In fact. All in the, wanderer, probably... the, in the Wanderer, the <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I'm the kind of guy who likes them all around. So, uh, well, I could I go ahead and do my, what's that? <laughs>
2: I'm really surprised at you guys, because I really thought that all three of you dudes was going to say Kimberly from Power
4: Rangers.
3: Uh, see. Oh, God! yes, absolutely.
4: Yes! She, she absolutely would yes! if I was a few years younger. <laughs> I like just missed her.
0: Yeah, there was a there was a like, you know, almost a am I getting too old and is this dirty sort of thing where I had to like, you know, question yes. my own. <laughs> <laughs> my own ability to like, hey, man, is your fantasy about to get you sent to prison? Okay, so let's go ahead and dial it back you know, you'll be fine. You'll really be fine. But yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, she, she caught my attention. That This is true. Um, and then I did my best to distract myself from. Now, I'm not going to get into how anybody else had to distract themselves from their crushes. But I am going to shift us back to the fact that it's about a crush that really has sort of torn up all of Harley's life. And for the longest time, she was able to blame it on someone else until we start looking at that picture right that image where you're like hey why is there a blip what's what's going on and then when we finally get to the point that we can see what that blip is about it, it reminds me of that moment from uh, i believe it was the first episode when she realizes that joker isn't saying till death do us part you know to her she's she's actually witnessing him say it to batman who he's in love with in this one, we get the realization from her that it wasn't something that he made her do, even though it's totally right to want to blame him because of how much he fucked up her life. But in this one moment, man, like, dude, <laughs> all I can do is look in the mirror, you know, and be like, ah, man, that that shit's on me. Like, I did that shit. So, you know, we talk about how deep this episode gets. And this one kind of got like right to that deep point. Brad, I'm going to start with you. You know, what did you think when Harley suddenly has that moment where the blip is removed and we see that, you know, it, this isn't something she can put on somebody else, right?
4: A lot of times growth comes from a certain amount of accepting responsibility. And I think this was Harley's first moment of truly being over the Joker and, and facing the reality of, of what she did and what the relationship was. Uh, so I don't think you could go further with her character to where the show goes if you didn't have that moment. Kendra?
1: I I agree with that. I mean, this is, like I said at the beginning, this is kind of the defining moment for Harley because pretty much in any medium that she's appeared in, um, it's always been kind of that stereotype that the Joker created her, and he's always said for years that he's the reason that she is who she is. So for this moment in time where the blip is removed and she's finally seeing, okay, he, there was no push. He actually did nothing. I'm the one who made this choice. I did this. This is me. That is it's a huge moment for her as a character because it lets her know not only one, like Brad said, she's accepting responsibility for it. But two, you know, she's freeing herself from these shackles that have been on her, this weight on her shoulders that has been there for years. And finally, being able to step out of his shoulder and become her own person, whether that's going to be a villain, a hero, or a mix of the two, she's calling the shots from here on out. Shayna, what did you think?
2: I was almost in tears. I was so happy. I'm like, they're going to New Origin this. I know it. I know it. Yep, they did it. But I'm like, wow, that's that's a big moment because I'm like... She really accepted that she was so fucked up and so in love with this dude that she went and fucked herself up. I'm like, I feel that because I've done it to myself. <sighs> so that, that was a big moment.
0: I love that because I'm pretty sure that's another one we can all tie back to. God, that was that was well said. <laughs> I fucking love that. <laughs> Steve. It was- <laughs> I say.
3: Yeah. It's a fact. I mean... throughout our lives we can always point to a moment when we were our own worst enemy when we made a bad decision or we made a decision which we thought was right at the time but it was literally like the domino effect for everything else that followed so it it was fantastically well done and i find that watching this show again because obviously we saw it when it first landed on dc universe and on the warner brothers warner brothers press app but Watching it again, it's deeper, it's better, it's funnier. And after watching uh, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey movie, we mentioned this in other episodes, that they just – complement each other so well because we're seeing both sides of this personality and like I said this fucked up show is the deepest shit imaginable this is like psychology one-on-one. I mean Freud would be having a wet dream over this show it's just magic uh, it's brilliantly brilliantly done I, I, I laugh my ass off and I learn every week so yeah thank you Harley what about you Seth? <laughs>
0: You know, that's what it all came down to for me. Like, all right, I I know that this is the show where we're supposed to be like, ah, fuck shit, blah, 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 you know, and then go crazy. And then there's that party that's like, yeah, but then the show stops itself from doing that completely over the top, too, and pauses and goes, oh, yeah, why are we acting like this? Because, man, we did something seriously fucked up. And because of that, this is all on me. Like, this happened because of me. I, I did this. And there's that hunting feeling of like seeing yourself, like looking back a little bit and going, yeah, so in that moment, was I the asshole? And you're like, yeah, fuck. I was the asshole. Not only was I the asshole, but I was the asshole to myself. Like I can look around at everybody. else. Oh, you should stop me. Why'd you make me mad? But, nah, man. Like in that one moment, like that was you, you picked up whatever you put your hand out, you took the step, whatever it was that you were going to do, like you did it. And now you're left dealing with the consequences and the processing is like, yeah, I, I didn't do this. Somebody else did this to me. And when you finally get to that point, you're like, all right, so I did this to me. Fuck. <laughs> why, why did I do this to me? And and that's probably going to be, you know, an important thing that I, I know others have already said Which is this idea of you can't move forward with this show without this moment. Even as crazy as shit's going to get. And God, folks, if you haven't watched this show, believe me, shit will get more and more crazy. But you you can't keep going forward. You're just going to be stuck in this like repetitive pattern where self-destructive cycle and nothing's really happening. You're not getting anywhere. And we want to see, you know, just who Harley is when she can get past something like this, which I thought was, you know pretty much a great moment that was suspended in a really smart way. Like first we got to go into her psyche then we got to learn about all of her history. And then afterwards we got to see this moment where she comes face to face with herself and all she can do afterwards is accept it. Um, you know, it's probably the most important for this is what happens next and keeping in mind the fact that she's had this great revelation before you guys saw the next episode, I'm just curious, did anyone feel like they knew what was going to happen next or was the upcoming episode, episode number six, kind of like a really big surprise? Not trying to <coughs> Get us too off track here as my allergy cough kicks in, but just curious, you know, like after this, where did you see Harley Quinn going? Like if we've all had or if, you know, most of us have had or at some point experienced that thing where we took ownership for what we did, like. Did we try and become better people? Did we try and, like, you know, figure out what we were doing? Or did we just sort of, like, now what the fuck do I do? Um, Where did you see Harley going after this before you ended up seeing episode six? Like, if this was a big moment, what were you expecting afterwards, Brad? Uh,
4: I just think that I thought that it would give her a new sense of purpose and focus. And I think the kind of fruition of that is happening even now in episodes in the second season. Uh, So uh, I I think that this was going to pave the path for what came next. And like it definitely like a good point for Harley to start building up from. Uh, Kendra, what do you think?
1: I I actually really agree with that. I think this was a really good way for her to set a ground floor to kind of build upon. And well, yes, it doesn't give all of the closure for her when it comes to, to Joker. I think that it gave her kind of the ultimate closure when it came to who she is and how she gets to be, be from now on because it gives her the decision making and what she does from now on, she can't really blame on anybody but her. And I like that I think that's what I thought was going to come next and I think I was rewarded in that because you get to see more depth to her as a character and I love that they're doing that not only with her but with the rest of the crew as well. Shayna, what do you think?
2: I'll be honest. I didn't have much time to think about it because by the time I started watching this, I think episode 7 was released and I was just binging. I like through the whole thing so I'm like, okay, not waiting, next one, got to know what got to know what's going on, what's happening, what's happening, what's ha- happening. Oh, okay, that's what's happening. So it's like I wasn't sure how to feel about it. I'm like, all right. We reached that point where she realizes that she fucked up. Where are we going? I actually had no clue. I'm like, where the hell do we go from here? And I was really surprised with the next episode. Like, oh, that's where we're going. I like this. That's cool. That's cool. Otherwise, I, I didn't have much thoughts about it. I was just more in shock that she, like, accepted herself and accepted the fact that she was the one who fucked up up and it wasn't joker which kind of kind of hit me a little hard hit me a little hard in the feels right there
0: (laughs) right in the feels you know i mean you know sensitive spot (laughs) geez steve how about you man
3: everything changed after this episode so i honestly thought now's where we're really gonna see harley cut loose and (laughs) was i right but also the fact that there was a really important line in this episode with harley with ivy saying yes i'm going to go with harley without hesitation she was going to follow her to to the place of of the subconscious uh, and do things that she shouldn't see things that she shouldn't because harley is the one person on this fucked up earth that i care about and i thought this is also be, going to be the beginning of them Um, progressing as friends and as partners in every sense of the word. That's what I was hoping for. And with every episode that aired after this, things just got better and better and better. And this crazy show, ah, it's a joy to watch. I love it. I mean, What did you think once you saw this crazy world and you entered Harley's mind?
0: I was pretty sure that after this episode, I mean, honestly, so the first thing that came to mind was
3: costume change.
0: It's just going to happen, like new identity, yeah. costume change. You know what I mean? Like you've been this sort of reflection of Joker for all this time. You've been his balance, his sex kitten, whatever. And now it's time to like, you know, step it up a little bit. Like, you know, go ahead and borrow Ivy's credit card and do some serious fucking shopping. Uh, so that honestly, like there was a part of me that was like, damn, girl, brand new day. Like next day you're going to wake up. You're going to do that Pilates class you've got on DVD you've had in your back pocket or somewhere between the shelves for like five years. You're going to like, you know, have a green drink and and, you know, you probably still like whatever, get high or do whatever you need to do to like fucking deal with the world. But you're going to be this new woman like you've 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 done something monumental like you're going to face up and you know, do all this other stuff. And then maybe it'll all come crashing down. So that's kind of the direction I honestly was thinking, like, I'm going to be an amazing new person and then deal with the fact like, just because you accept some shit about yourself doesn't mean everything suddenly like all roses. It just doesn't happen. You you can't say like, I'm going to make a difference in my life tomorrow. And then suddenly tomorrow is just like the best fucking day of your life. Usually it's the hardest fucking day. And by the end of it, you're like, so what the fuck was I thinking? Like, this is bullshit. I gotta figure out something else that's gonna work. So that's kind of where I was going from on it. But um, I, I do love the idea that like, you know, there's there's sort of like an expectation because we all have these rules. And one of the things that was pretty awesome about this episode is that there's all these rules everyone's trying to claim for the, uh, what's happening inside the brain. Either psycho saying, you know, dying in the mind means dying in the real world. And Clayface like, so does that mean we're under like nightmare on Elm Street rules? and then clayface is like uh so are we doing like being john malkovich rules now um joker then says you can't change your memory it's like eternal sunshine rules size busy talking about license to kill i i i there's a lot of rules going on here but mostly these brain rules and i love the idea that they're counting on us to have that collective unconscious like dude if you grew up any around or heard anything about or saw even previews of Nightmare on Elm Street, you knew that dying in a dream means you die in the real world. But, you know, then he's expecting us to kind of know the, the being John Malkovich, the Eternal Sunshine references. Were, were you guys grabbing those? And when you were, were you like, oh, shit, you forgot those other rules, man. Like there's other brain universe entering rules you got to keep in mind. It's not just like You know, what you expect. It kind of reminds me of, like, when people realize they're fighting zombies or vampires and they're trying to agree, like, hold on. So what the fuck? Are we like, you know, Sunshine? Does that work? Silver bullets? What crosses? Do they work? How's this? So what would you think about the brain rules? And, and, you know, what was your favorite reference or which one kind of stuck with you? Like, oh, yeah, dude, you're in the brain. You got to totally remember that shit. You're going to get fucked up. Brett?
4: I think my favorite was the John Malkovich. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I, and it, it's not exactly rules, but I liked, uh, you know, Doctor Psycho saying that he he forgets sometimes how mind physics works when <laughs> a few Harleys came together. I was like, yeah, mind <laughs> physics might be a kind of fucked up thing. So was, uh, <laughs> I kind of I, I kind of enjoyed that, uh, Kendra.
1: I think mine was more of a reference, and that was because when you enter it, and um, when they first enter Harley's mind, it's like this museum of Harley, which I love because. For me, that harkens back to uh, Stephen King's Dreamcatcher, where Ooh, he has uh, the filing cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> um, hers, is, hers is like a picture book, and I love that. And one of the ones that caught me is there have been so many iterations of Harley's family, but this one is absolutely hilarious because when you catch it and you know, you know. And it's married with children. Like the, the picture of her family is set up like the cover of Married with Children, but with Harley, Harley spin on it. And that one caught me, and I I literally spent five minutes giggling. Because I was like, are you guys serious? Like, we're going that dysfunctional. Okay. Shana, what
2: was your favorite? Hmm, that is a good question. I've never watched, like, Eternal Sunshine. Never knew John Malkovich anything. So I was like, I don't get this. But I got the simple things of we all know if we die in our dreams, we die in real life, all that kind of thing. I was actually surprised at how her mind was. Like, we all know she's crazy. We all know she's fucked up. But I was loving the fact that her, like, like, hall of memories when with all her pictures and stuff was, like, her normal sane self is what I felt like. I'm like, okay, this is the part of her that's not corrupt. And this is where she still has her normal psychologist mind. And I kind of liked that little hint there. I'm like, but then all the rest of it, I'm like, Joker fucked this up. This is <laughs> I'm like, that's why her mind's all fucked up. <laughs> that's about as far as my thinking got with that.
0: That's cool. No, I, I just love the feeling that like, you know, they kind of wanted you to know this stuff. And if you did, you were having one kind of association. If you didn't, you're just like, okay, well, uh, fuck. All right. I, I'm, I'm going along with it or, you know, so I, I really appreciate that Shayna. It, it, you know it adds to it because hey maybe not everybody's seen these movies you know and and how far the references really go how many times did they have to use rules before everybody kind of got the idea oh there's like rules to this shit how about you steve
3: it's brilliant because obviously yeah i've seen these films and i got the references but it's like brad said as well that You do not expect the inside of Harley's brain, A, to be set up like an art gallery and be so organized. So is insanity actually some kind of super sanity that they've organized stuff properly and all the rest is just like, "Eh, yeah, I'll kill who I want when I want. And and that's just life. Pass me the baseball bat. So the references were crazy that like tv shows movies um a couple of one flew over the cuckoo's nest, uh, and that's a lovely jack nicholson movie for you to watch shana if you haven't because that that's says more about insanity than anything i've ever seen and everything about it oh it's classic isn't it the best mm-hmm. and um yeah every aspect of harley's brain the one thing i got out of it more than anything else is um How much like mine it is. Help. Seth, save me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My friend, we didn't come here to be saved. We just came here to drown, to fall. Thank you, Jesus. To roll around in the muck, brother. So go ahead. Get dirty. Get filthy. Get a little slimy. Get a little sticky. It's okay. You're among friends. And to be honest, the rest of us are all dirty, slimy, and sticky, too. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's okay. We're all in this together. Right. Uh, Yeah. I love the fact that, one, there's these rules and they're trying to reference it because I love the fact that, you know, like Brad was saying, like mind physics gets pretty fucking confusing, dude. (laughs) How the fuck are you supposed to figure this out? And also, I can right here just (laughs) go ahead and claim it. Never been in somebody else's mind. Uh, uh, Wait, wait, even better. Uh, Aside from some, you know, Interesting drug experiences. Never gone inside my own mind with a group of my friends and like, you know, did a walk around or, you know, examine some memories or things like that. So there's no point at which I'm like, yeah, nah, dude, you guys don't know. Like, oh, OK, so when you go into a brain, you got to remember the three important things and then these five additional there's who comes up with this shit. Clearly, you know, slightly fucked up people with imaginations, either more or less fucked up than ours, who decide like, okay, these are the rules. This is how shit works. And this is how you like know when you fucked up. Uh, For example, if a bunch of little Harley tweens are crashing after you and they're trying to eat you. uh, Yeah. You know, or destroying your most beloved and gentle nature figure like King Shark. Like, yeah, you you know, I'm fucked up. But otherwise, like, how are you supposed to operate with this shit? Um, So I love the fact that you're, you're trying to figure that out everybody's got a different idea and it seems like the one thing that seems the most relatable is the nightmare on elm street like dude if you die in your dreams man you die for real um so keeping that all in mind there's there's that feeling of like how do we walk through it but i, I love the fact that you know it was brought up shana i know you mentioned it kendra as well this idea of like how the museum is so organized right and it seems like all the crazies kind of like tapped away and it feels like it reminded me one of like Mind Palace from uh, the Alfred Hitchcock series sure. that they were doing with Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, because later when he meets a guy who's like even more developed of a Mind Palace, it's like this crazy library computer. I don't know if you guys saw that episode, but there's one where he takes off against a guy who's so smart that it's like going through. Yeah, someone mentioned a filing cabinet and some other examples of like filing away information in such an organized methodical Almost like library function. So this seemed like Harley's way of like the crazy sort of like not destroying each other, like rival gangs or something. Um, And basically by putting them behind the velvet ropes and being like, don't you fuckers come out. Don't you don't don't stay That, that that's how she can sort of keep it all moving forward without it just imploding and destroying her. So I really love this idea. Cause as we, you know, sort of explored along, you, you also got these hints like Kendra, I love the, the Mary with children reference. You know um, I love the fact that there's been other little things that allude to like, this was not a happy family. Like when she's playing with the dolls and chops it up, <laughs> um, they, there's a good time, you know, being described here. That's like also this like happiness in the midst of horror. So there was all these fun little elements that for me, like, made this really crazy because, you know, how do the rules work? How are you supposed to know how they work? What? What? I mean, at the end of it, you know, like, dude, what the fuck? Um, and, and now I'm just going to shift gears because there's a couple of, like, drop-in lines, drop-in segments where you're like – holy shit. And I'm just going to read this one. And afterwards, you just go ahead and respond in whatever fucking way you want. Okay. But this is Harley saying, my fucked up parents didn't make me the way I am. And neither did Jessica Steiner when she fucking lied to the whole camp. And I lost my virginity to a horse, a horse, or those cops who questioned me for hours about what happened to Jessica Steiner. So, uh, you know, a horse, uh, anybody's response to that, you know, vicious rumor that was spread about Harley's virginity? Brad? Uh, uh, I think it's just that. I think it's a rumor,
4: but I think Jessica had it coming. I I don't think they're going to be finding <laughs> Jessica anytime time
0: soon. What did happen to that poor girl's body, right? <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Kendra?
1: Well, a horse is a horse, of course, of course, but... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm going to go with Brad on this one. (laughs) I think it's a rumor, and, you know, I don't think we're ever going to find that girl. I think she's gone, and we've all been sworn to secrecy now because we've seen what what transpired. (laughs) Shana, what about you?
2: At first, I had to rewind it for a second. I'm like, nah, I did not just fucking say that. I'm like, Well, let me listen to this again. I'm like, oh, shit, they really did say hard. Nah, she didn't really fuck no horse. (laughs) I know Harley too much. I'm like, but Jessica, I bet you can find her body in the bottom of the Hudson River because that's where she belongs during that that rumor.
0: (laughs) How about you, Steve?
3: (laughs) Oh, I love. This, this team so much <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> i think jessica is is with jimmy hoffer and they both rest in pieces um listen jessica stop that Nay, I say. Nay. Oh, God, I'm going to get hoarse with all these funny noises. I'm making even worse than <laughs> oh, Seth and his allergies. Oh, dear, I can't believe I went <laughs> I there. Uh, the please. Uh, uh, we, we should be writing for the pun, uh, the Saturday pun. <laughs> oh, please leave me alone. Um, Yeah. The <laughs> God bless you, Harley. Um, and the horse you rode in on. What about you, Seth?
0: That had to have been one of the best, just like drop-ins, like, you know, that didn't fuck me up and neither did that fucking bitch who lied about me and spread that horse rumor like I lost my fucking virginity to a goddamn... Like, I just loved the way it was just so processed, like, yeah, that's just some other fucked up shit that happened in my life. Why? Did I not tell you about that story about Jessica spreading the rumor I lost my virginity to a horse? It just, like, it was that fat. You know what I mean? And, and I loved it because... It also reminded me of just like if you've ever been, <clears throat> and no one has to admit to this. I'll go ahead and claim my own. But if you've ever been a little manic, a little worked up, had too much coffee, a bit caffeine, maybe found out a lover was lying to you, or, you know, you didn't know everything that was going on, and you're like, of course that couldn't happen. I know exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. This isn't. This isn't. This isn't what happens. This. I've got it. Now I know. And by the way, that other fucked up shit I just said? Yeah, yeah. So, like, that was just in the heat of the moment, right? Like, we don't have to talk about it. We're good? Okay, thanks. And it was just part of the brilliance, man. It was just like, you know that these guys at some point were like, okay, so we're going to write about this scene until somebody comes up with the most fucked up thing, Uh, and then we're good there. You know, like, you have to offend us, basically. I'm going to go ahead and twist for a second just to a side... Has everyone here seen Fight Club?
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Actually, no, so, I haven't. We're not allowed to talk about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, why are you talking about it? We're not supposed to talk about it.
0: Well, uh, I'm going to do it because uh, there's a line in there that I'm going to remember simply because, and I don't care if it breaks the fucking rules, but it's when I uh, miss uh, Helena Bonham Carter after a in vigorous fucking scene says, wow, I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. Anybody else remember that line? And it just sort of was like that drop in where yes. you're like, Holy yeah. fuck, OK, we are now, you know, and, and from what I understand, that was the add in line, because apparently the original line was something like, I want you to have or I want to have your abortion. And it's so offended the producers that they were like, please, God, any other offensive line, any other offensive line than that and we'll be okay. And they went with, I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. So it just (laughs) reminds me about the the sort of lengths you got to go if you're going to write something that fucked up. And, uh, in some instances you go so far that they're like anything else. And then you come up with anything else and they're like, fuck, can we go back to the first one? I, I don't, do you have to use either of them? But, uh, for me, it was just like that that thing where if you got to show just how far shit got with Harley and will and does like, dude, some dumb bitch made up a rumor about her fucking a horse, losing her virginity. And nobody's seen that girl no more. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to see that girl again. <laughs> um, so that was kind of also like one of my favorite lines. And I wanted to give a chance if anybody had a favorite quote, favorite line, favorite like, oh, my fucking God. I know we've covered a lot, but. There's always a chance I might have missed something. And if you feel like we didn't dwell enough on any of the lines we've already covered, you can go ahead and go back to one and be like, yeah, I'd like to go back to this. I feel like maybe we didn't cover it right. Brad, how about you? I'm just a little surprised (laughs) they were so willing to forgive Cy for trying to
4: burn their bodies. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't didn't really talk about that aspect. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's one thing that uh, we hadn't touched on. as far as line goes, this one, uh, to me, um, nothing – I can't say one grab, grabbed me, not that I didn't love the episode. But this was uh, a little pulled back from the throwing jokes at you every split second. But it was uh, it was still, you know, very effective. Uh, Kendra?
1: No, I agree. I agree with Brad. I think that's been my, my go-to this episode is just agreeing with Brad because the whole, <laughs> like, background <laughs> – of Cy being the secret agent and you getting to see that side of him <laughs> and, and getting a little bit of his personal fling, like from Russia with love was absolutely beautiful. Um, but <laughs> I mean, I think my favorite part of this was just the, uh, when King shark gets to shine, when they have to go to the middle Island in Harley's brain. And of course it's a scene. Yes. And of course there's the convenience of having King shark who can take them over there. And, it was just one of those where I was like, oh, okay, well, look how lovely this fell into place in the middle of all this chaos that is her brain. Um, that was, that was, those were probably my favorite moments. Shayna, what about you?
2: I, I just loved the whole back thing. Like, all right, nobody's, nobody's going to talk about Psy getting their bodies and burning them because he th- thought they were dead. All right. I'm like, we're, we're just going to forget that happened. But we, we all know me. Any part that has Joker in it, i fawn over, obviously, <laughs> but the, I just like the whole episode. There's nothing that really stood out to me in this one. Later ones obviously, yes, there is things that have stood <laughs> out. But this particular one, I just love the whole fucking thing. Like, I'm like this is gold. This is fucking great. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> shit. If that's wrong, I don't want to be right. Uh Steve, how about you, man?
3: So many. I mean, first of all the fact that Harley realizes that Joker isn't in charge of this rodeo and she's back in the saddle stop with the fucking horse joke Steve for Christ's sake um I love the lines um what's Jewish lightning oh it must be Black Lightning's Israeli cousin um it's just genius line after genius line after genius line and, and my favorite probably has to be of course, King Shark saying, oh, "I'm sorry that Dos X Mac and thing didn't work out for you, but at least this little kid in the hood came and saved the day for no reason and and, and helped us yeah. escape." <laughs> brilliant, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. What about you, Seth?
0: I, I can't, I can't step away from my horse fucking line. There's just something about it that that stuck with me. It it just it, that was the line for me, and that's actually what got this question. I'm like, all right, so that's the one that stuck with me. That's my depraved mind. Like I. I, I've either been the victim of a rumor or I knew about somebody who had one of those fucked up rumors like that one time at band camp. And then, oh, my fucking God. Um, so this was just this great <laughs> moment for me where I was like, wow, not only did you guys pull that one time at band camp, but instead of it's summer camp. And instead of, you know, a musical instrument in, in the uh, previous example, instead, it's it's a horse like, you know, there's there's like crossing a line there's like saying that she you know had sex with an older guy or you know with a family member or something and then there's just straight up fucking bestiality and and for me it was just like ah holy okay so you know at some point we're probably going to hear about harley having sex with other animals i mean is king shark looking good to her right now what's what's going on here how far are we we pushing this
3: why not
0: right i mean she's got it on tape (laughs) So you know, maybe she manipulated some of the words, but you know, it, it's it's there. We've all heard it. Uh, yeah, so that was that was just sort of the dropping. But I love the fact that talking about this brings us around to Sai because yeah, we were gonna talk about Sai man, but you know, Sai had his own place, and before we had a chance to come around to him, he was just the asshole who was kicking him out of their place because everybody kept fucking shit up. And it turns out that size has got a history. CIA, he's got at least one other death cult that either is presently or was previously in the building. So he knows, what do you do? You get rid of the bodies. You just burn the fuckers, right? Um, which brought me to a line that probably fell into my second favorite, which was around the time when Clayface said, guys, I'm getting hard. And it wasn't in reference to a sexual experience. It was because <laughs> of the fire. And well, for me, <laughs> that was probably number two. But, you know, that was where I was going to bring it around to Sai because my second favorite line was that one. And I love that it brought us around to the fact that we meet Cy, who's got a partner. They've got a history. It's interesting because we learn more about what may or may not be possible with that awesome wheelchair of his. But also that, you know, when push comes to shove, you just burn the fuckers and, and that's it. So I was hoping to work around to it. Brad, you got us there. Did Really quick, just coming back around, did we leave anything out about Cy, uh, his uh, companion that he calls, who's there to help out, and who they have a shared history as extensive as perhaps Peru? Did, did we miss anything <laughs> about that or anything you want to add, man? I just want to know what happened
4: in Peru. Maybe one day we'll get a Sai yep. episode and we'll figure out what was the deal with Peru.
0: <laughs> Word. I want to see a flashback episode, young Cy just being a fucking dick. You know, and killing people <laughs> in all sorts of fucked up ways and like laughing about it. Ah, that's how you fucking do it. ah. Uh, yeah, dude, that, that, that's fucking right on. <laughs> Kendra, how about you? Did uh, did we miss anything about Side that we haven't covered? Any sort of like, you know, tidbits about the, the fact of what we learned about him or, you know, that we were bringing it around and, and Brad was the first to sort of start this fire? <clears throat> Steve, you're not <laughs> the only one, my friend.
1: No, I mean, the only thing I could say is if they are going to do one where we kind of get a retrospective on, uh, on Psy and just what his spy affiliation is and, you know, maybe get a little bit of background on some of these stories that he'll offic- he'll occasionally bring out, as long as Rhea Perlman's back as Golda and we get to see, like, a little bit more about their relationship, I think I'll be happy.
0: She's got, like, the best voice for that, right? Like, just <laughs> – <laughs> there's something pretty awesome. Uh, Yeah, how about you, Shader?
2: Mm, Not really anything I could think of other than good job, Cy. The fact that you uh, tried to burn their bodies, it helped them find their new hidey pole. So that kind of worked out. Ish.
0: (laughs) Ish. How about you, Steve? We missed anything about Cy, his secret history, or what more we might hope to learn about it all?
3: Best landlord ever. I mean he evicted these guys last week they're still there and not only has he managed to not get rid of them he's given them an abandoned shopping mall as their headquarters right. that's and he's joined yeah, that's the team <laughs> absolutely he's like they fucked up his life and his building and now he's just part of the gang awesome 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 and yes count my vote for a let's see size background let's see him as the bond villain or the super spy or somewhere in between because i think he could be literally a cross between uh dr evil uh, and oh i don't know who else uh Mm -hmm. the megatron (laughs) <laughs> he does transform. He's, he, actually no the borg resistance is ah who gives a shit that's, that's oh, I, okay. yeah absolutely gold uh tidbits what about you said what do you think about our friend side
0: uh there's something just beautifully unapologetic about sigh um in fact i had just uh before re-watching this episode i had just read uh there's a humanoids book out um, called Meyer and uh, Meyer was an old gangster and just the unapologetic way that his character was in this book totally Like I I suddenly saw a size, that tough nosed Jewish gangster, just like, what? This is how shit is. And then dropping in just a, you know, a little bit of slang here and there, just sort of like, yeah, and then it's just one of these and then it's just one of those. And this is just how shit goes. Like every once in a while, you got to fucking burn a guy, kill a guy, stab a guy, shoot a guy. I've done some shit. I've been some shit. I've seen some shit. I know some shit. What? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's all just whatever. I I didn't sign it, whatever. I don't care. And there was something really just like uh, it was perfect in the fact that not only did we get a chance to see him, but we also had this great little moment where we we had the cast when they're found uh, unconscious with the Suicide Squad shirts. Now, we know Harley was in Suicide Squad. We even know King Shark was. And I was just curious, did anybody else have like a little pang right then? Like, dude, so and so from fucking Suicide Squad would just be like brilliant in this fucking show did you have anyone i'm gonna ring it around the circle see if anyone's got a response did you have a sudden pang for who we might or if you didn't could you now on the spot say dude we need this person who's been in suicide squad and can totally fuck with this whole idea with us on this show next season second season third season fifth season whatever brad i'm spinning around to you first my friend
4: uh man you know if i had to pick anyone uh, amanda waller What You know The the way that this show Reinterprets Characters And makes them your favorite Is really astounding And Amanda Waller Is such a big personality I think they could do So much with her And she'd be You know Great trying to Convince Harley To become a member Of the squad So yeah I think my vote goes With Amanda Waller Uh, Kendra
1: I don't know How to answer this question Because I don't like The Suicide Squad Um (laughs) <laughs> I mean I'm, I'll throw Save. it out there with this then I mean I, I don't necessarily I would love to see Amanda Waller come in I, I, I absolutely would love to see that but honestly my secret like want and wish for this show is to see something like Kat, Kite Man and Ivy but with Booster Gold and Harley that would be my want
0: that's, oh that's, ooh, that's sexy for Heroes and that's just yeah, yeah. oh wow Kendra brilliant yeah <laughs> Shayna, how about you? Okay. Oh,
2: boy. How do I answer this question? Since everybody knows my wonderful love of the actual Suicide Squad movie, I'd rather vomit. But I would like to see some Deadshot, like more of it. I I really want to see the whole thing from the comics of him and Harley getting together and if Joker ever comes back then he gets all mad and there's this whole triangle thing going on. Yeah I'm a, I'm a slut for that but that's that's what I want in my brain.
0: Steve, how about you my friend? Did you have a pang for uh who could be from the Suicide Squad later on the show or, you know, on the spot right now, can you pick someone from Suicide Squad where you're like, dude, Suicide Squad would be reborn. I'm going to go. Okay.
3: Yeah. Or girl. I'm going to go old school suicide squad here. I'm going to go um, like nineties suicide squad. I'm going to go with bronze tiger. As long as the head he wears, isn't the one from the tiger in the previous episode of Harley Quinn. Cause that would just be so wrong in a Joe exotic way <laughs> that, that just wouldn't be right, so <laughs> that's what I'm going to go for.
4: Can we have Eye the Tiger friends as he rides in on a Jessica? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Rising Christ up, out from the streets.
0: We'll all volunteer our voices. Someone draw some shitty-ass animation. Uh, We're going to fucking oh. <laughs> do this thing right now. This is how we started this podcast, goddammit. We will do that fucking episode, Brad. Don't you forget this. <laughs> don't you fucking forget this. You started this fire, okay? We're just here to make it burn. That would be <laughs> great. <laughs> oh, I'm scared now. <laughs> wow. Bronze tiger wearing the head of the tiger while riding into eye of the tiger dc if you're listening and you use this we would yeah. all like compensation <laughs> whatever the fuck you want to throw us we'll probably take because we're just peasants and beggars or at least i am and speaking for the rest and i'm okay with that but yeah
3: <laughs> i'll go for diamonds a shopping mall and a horse <laughs> wow. Not <for> those reasons. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh shit okay okay <laughs> Oh, that's pretty fucking awesome. Um, uh, yeah, uh, pretty much for me, I'm just going to say it. I, I want to see, like, you know, a Suicide Squad boomerang showing up, needing help, being just a fucking drunken lout and, like, mostly speaking gibberish that they have to caption because we can't understand him because he's just such a fucking oh, yeah. drunk shit. <laughs> like, that would be just, ah, fuck, and then he, like, throws a boomerang and, like, kills somebody, and then he's just like, I was trying to hit stuff. Yeah, like that would be probably. But, dude, uh, Waller, you guys really jumped onto something there. However, nothing will top Bronze Tiger wearing a tiger's head, hearing Eye of the Tiger. Yeah, Um, that's. Fuck yeah, dude. That's. Right, I salute you. (laughs) I'm really gonna. Yeah, we, we go to a dark place on this, folks. If you're just tuning in, I'm sorry. You should have heard the disclaimer at the beginning. No, you're not. This is not how podcasts work. But you're you're here now, so you committed at some point, and just never get that out of your mind. Bronze Tiger. We're all gonna his-
3: be committed if we carry on in, in like this every week.
0: <laughs> I wait. Legit that's it, though. Is- <laughs> can Captain
2: Boomerang, please have a My Little Pony because that would be epic. Like, just, he's just carrying yes. a lot of sparkle or some shit.
0: Actually, now I want him to hold a koala. I've mentioned before that I would like to see someone with a koala. And I want to fucking see him with, like, a koala. Like, in a baby sling on the front.
3: Oh, no. Shayna's <laughs> right. It's got to be a My Little Pony, and he's the one that fucks the actual horses. No! Get me away from this joke! No, I'm good. Nope, I can that. Yeah, I can, I can have- get on that. Wait, what no, if Captain he's... Captain on
0: that. In a child carrier while fucking a My Little Pony.
3: Thoughts?
2: All well, the bronies would be after that, that's for sure.
3: Okay. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that what they do anyway? No, stop it. <gasps>
0: whoa, whoa. Okay, that's- you're gonna get us into an international thing. You know, I mean, we we happen to know that there's at least one Aussie who might be listening to this episode who might have a response to that. <laughs> hey, boss. The uh, bronies were heard six, in six making six of the show. <laughs>
2: he doesn't
0: have to know right right just you know josh edit motherfucker edit god damn it please save us all this this can get awkward we don't want it to get worse maybe i don't know i think we're planning on letting it happen so i'm good with that uh you know when it comes down to it yeah i I pretty much i'm just going to settle with the fact that drunken boomerang and however he appears either with the koala without i prefer with Fucking My Little Pony or not, I don't, I don't care. Um, I can ride with it, and clearly so can he. Uh, pretty much for the most part, my friends, that brings me to my favorite questions. I was wondering if anyone else had favorite questions they wanted to ask the group, if there was some sort of burning desire in their heads where they're like, okay, so seriously, what would you all think of this? Or did we actually fucking cover everything? Did in all of our vulgarity and obscenity – did we somehow manage to cover every fucking topic on this show and nobody's got anything else left to fucking say? Brad, how about you, man?
4: Uh, just that the, the, uh,
0: the realtor showing her those
4: different lairs and asking, who are you, Harley? And having her find that in that episode, I thought was really kind of a cool way to bring it around full circle.
0: I did like the lair, hunting. Well done. Good, good reminder there. Way to bring us back from all the depravity we were just, you know, pretty much like <laughs> elbows deep in uh can you have <laughs> we miss something you got a question or are you just like dude we fucking covered it i prefer
1: shaken not stood but yes i agree i like the the realtor showing off the layers and none of them being like just quite right until you know we get through all the chaos and we end up in a, a abandoned shopping mall um but I mean, honestly, I think we've covered pretty much everything that was on on par with this show. So, I mean, and Shana, do you have anything we may have missed?
2: Nothing I can think of. I mean, I was on my third glass of wine out of my Harley Quinn cup at this point. Uh, I was just more wondering, when do I get to see some more Joker and Harley porn? Like, we need to step this up, up a level here. I'm like, I'm getting uninterested.
0: Understood. There was that way that they were slobbery kissing in one episode and she turns to Ivy like you should go, it's about to get really gross. That we haven't really come back to. And I, I think it's worth pointing out that fans certain might have enjoyed that. Shana, and am, am I am I right to suggest? Possibly.
2: Possibly. It got a little warm in here.
0: Yeah, you know, temperatures are rising. It's like eighty-five out here in California, so you know, wherever the temperatures are where you are, if it gets a little hotter in those moments. You know, we gotta let them know. How is they gonna know what we want unless we tell them what keeps us steamy? Or at least me. I'm not trying to speak for everybody. Steve, what what we miss? You got a question? Or are are we at you know the end of our fucking rope like we probably
3: really are in real life? I have to mention just how realistic this series is. The way it holds a mirror up to life and and the world we live in. Because Harley's face. When she had her schizoid moment and got stood stuck still as a statue and Dr. Psycho had to say, okay, who broke Harley? That face was the exact same as my wife's whenever I walk into the house with even more comics. So I have to salute the writers and directors of the show (laughs) for that magic, magic moment. Definitely. What about you, Seth?
0: Well, now I just want to know if at some point she was like, look, if you ever want to capture the perfect stupefaction of a person in response to somebody else and then send him a Polaroid and was like, this is what I'm like every time my husband brings home more comics. That would be pretty fucking rad right there. But, yes, the realism of that moment was powerful. Like, you realize, like, dude, for all the fucking craziness, all the, you know, potential Frankie Muniz masturbation and other things that were going on, that there's this pew, – pew that's required (laughs) and that because of it you know we're not only experiencing all the the fucked up nature of harley in her life but we're seeing how she's dealing with it now as an adult sort of trying to not be as fucked up maybe and potentially we don't fucking know succeeding at it and you got to appreciate everybody who's trying to make the effort like It takes somebody to go, hey, so I've been living in shit, eating shit, smelling shit, um, and I'm tired of this shit. And I want to figure out a way to, you know, switch it up a little bit. Maybe I want to just smell manure instead of pure shit. But how's it work? Um, So, yeah, I think we covered almost everything. I feel like the depth was there. For the most part, I just want to say thanks for joining me uh, from the get go, because as I mentioned, allergy brain, I was ready to talk about an episode we already covered. You guys got me on the right track and we were still able to get through all the best stuff, even the worst stuff, even the, you know, awkward stuff about this episode. So I'm going to take this moment to thank you each. And if you can let everybody know how they can, you know, connect with you about any of the fucked up dark and evil shit you were saying today. Because I'm sure that's exactly what you want, is people who are inspired by your darkest nature to find you on social media and then make contact, requiring you to then respond in addition. So Brad, you're first. What sort of way should the crazies find you? You can find me writing news and reviews on DC
4: Comics News. You can find me talking about DC News uh, on the DC Comics News main podcast. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1.
0: And, Kendra, where can anyone who heard something they want to respond to on here just let you know what they're thinking about what you thought or said find you?
1: Uh, If they feel so inclined, I can be found on Twitter at DevourAllWords. I can also be found on Fantastic Universes and on uh, Dark Knight News, doing reviews and news on Harley, and honestly, whatever the hell I want to. Uh, (laughs) And, of course, if you're feeling super froggy and you feel like I really need to know what you're thinking, you can always reach me on Facebook at Kendra Hale. Shana, where can the good people find you?
2: All right, everybody, it gets a little complicated. So, I do news for DC Comics News, obviously, you can find me there. But I have two separate Twitter accounts and an Instagram account. Count because I am also a gamer for Game of Honor. So that's where you can find all my cosplay and everything. And I have to talk like this like the whole entire time because this is my character. Yeah, it gets annoying after a while because no, I baby. hurt my voice. <laughs> but if you want my actual Twitter, it is at JokerGirl. There is no I, it's just GRL. And if you want to Hit me up on my Instagram and other Twitter as my cosplay self Scarlet Con. It is at Miss Scarlet Con for both of them.
0: Nice.
3: And Steve, how about you, my friend? Indeed. Um, the easiest way to track down my ramblings and news, reviews, and interviews across DC Comics News and Dark Knight News is just by going into Google or the search engine of choice and typing in Steve. J. Ray and also of course yes um, my other side project the Insaniac Insanitarium Arkham Mark 2 called Fantastic Universes which is all about every fandom imaginable Uh, just type in Fantastic Universes or FantasticUniverses.com and if you want to chat if you want to talk about this show or any of the other lovely shows we make on this fucked up network just type in at E-L underscore S-T-E-E-V-O on Twitter and I'd love to speak to each and everyone out there but not all the same time please please not all at the same time what about you seth
0: as for me you can find me writing reviews for the most part on dc comics news i i think i've only done like one or two news stories there you can find me on twitter as the number one more singleton Uh, you can find me on facebook as seth singleton and, you know, I'm just kind of like out there. Just type my name, Seth Singleton, and see what pops up. Maybe you got the right one. Maybe you don't. It's pretty much fun all the way around. And you can also find me hosting uh, DC Comics News Spinner Rack or on the weekly podcast where I hang out with Brad, Steve, Kelly Gaines. We talk about news and all that fun stuff. And that allows me to move right into the fact that you can also be up to date on all of the fun stuff that dc comics news is bringing regularly on the dc comics news podcast network now steve of course is a polite gentleman so i'm gonna do the honors of letting you know that you can also find him as the host of i am the knight an episode by episode breakdown of batman the animated series if you love the show believe me you will love this podcast and its insights i already mentioned i do the spinner rack my top five picks each week from dc comics uh and for the most part, if you want to make sure you don't miss anything like a new podcast like Mad Love, a Harley Quinn cast. Well, I'm going to recommend that you make sure that you have, if you haven't already, subscribe to the DC Comics News podcast. Where all the big ones like Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play and all the little ones of which there's so many to keep track of. It just sounds bad when I do my best to try. Whatever you're listening on, head over the subscribe button. Hit it. Then go ahead and write review. We're five stars. We know it. You love us. We know it. Just do it. And as far as social media, if you want to say something to the whole gang, to DC Comics News as a whole, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr or YouTube, all you need is at DC Comics News. That's at capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. And like that, you are in the know. And, guys, for this last part, we usually say, and as always, read more comics. And for the other podcast, we do it, like, all structured and organized. But since we're trying to demonstrate a bit of fuck uppery here, I was just going to say, and as always, read more comics. And everybody at your own go, just say, read more comics, either fast, slow, crazy voice, whatever the fuck you want. Sound good? Yeah. Righteous. Because, you know, like, we got order all the other times. Let's have a little fucking disorder. Okay? So – and with that, I'm going to lead in. Josh, thanks for helping us with the edits on this part. And as we always like to remind you here on the DC Comics News Podcast Network, to always read leer, more comics. comics, <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will catch you next time, unless you catch us first, if we can be caught. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> One.